Now, we must all fear evil men. But there is another kind of evil which we must fear most. And that is the indifference of good men. This is the St. Longinus' Baptism Podcast Channel. This will be episode 29, Advice for Sedevacontist Commentators. But first, a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am and all that I have and all that I do shall be consecrated to your service and your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. Okay, so... The reason, uh, in case you haven't listened to the uh, programming note previously, um, I earlier earlier in uh, my channel, I said I was going to go on a short hiatus. I ended up uh, going a couple of weeks, kind of breaking the hiatus and saying that if I felt compelled to make more episodes, I would. Well, this is the case. So basically, um, and and by the way, for those of you who are unfamiliar with set of a contism, um, there are uh, three or four episodes dedicated to set of a contism. Basically a set of a contest is somebody who does not recognize the second Vatican II council as legitimate and does not recognize the Vatican II um, hierarchy or clergy or anything affiliated with what most people think of us as the Catholic church as the true Catholic Church. Um, if, if you're unfamiliar, uh, I would familiarize yourself, but I will give you a bit of a warning. Uh, do not, if, if I know it's going to be difficult if you've never heard a set of a contism, but what I would advise is, is um, try to, it, there, there, there are videos on YouTube by actual set of contests who explain exactly and concisely how it works. Um, if you get a non-set of a contest, they're going to tell you we're a bunch of trailer park loons who, you know, we're, we're heretics, we're schismatics, we're the scum of the earth. So just a quick warning. Anyway, so what make me, uh, Break my little uh, um, break my little uh, hiatus. There was I was listening to a major set of a contest commentator. Now, for those of you who are set of a contest, I don't think I get many people who are, but. For those of you who are set of a contest, there are only two major uh, set of a contest uh, podcasts out there. And when I say major, I'm talking with over 2,000 listeners, which 
yes, I know. Um, they're a regular set of uh, regular podcasters with over, you know, um, 10,000 listeners. But set of contest are minority within a minority. I mean, even the major Vatican II sect podcasters probably don't have more than, say, 10,000. So, um, but anyway, I was listening to him and um, basically I've been noticing a trend since about, I want to say July, I've been noticing a trend in some set of a contest circles. Um, now I will get to that momentarily. Um, but I just, I wanted to give a brief, uh, a brief detail on why I'm breaking my hiatus this time. So before I start the actual commentary, I want to quote, um, three traditional popes. These were three popes before Vatican II. And two of these popes are actually very well regarded. Well, actually, all three of them. All three of these popes are um, very well regarded by set of contests. So the first quote is, if there were one million... Oh, I'm sorry. Catholics are born for combat. Pope Leo Thirteenth. Now, for those of you who are a little uh, more literal-minded, when this Pope was saying that Catholics were born for combat, he's not saying we were born to go into the army and fight wars. He's talking about spiritual combat. The second quote is, those wretches, tainted with the air of indifferentism and modernism, hold that dogmatic truth is not absolute, but relative, that is, that it must adopt itself to the times and the varying dispositions of souls since it is not contained in a unchanging Relevation, but is by its very nature meant to accommodate itself to the life of man. And basically, what he's basically saying here is, is that people who hold a modernist viewpoint think that the church should change with circumstances, that it should be subjective rather than objective. And that quote was from Pope Pius XI. The third quote is, Protestantism, or the Reformed religion, as it proudly calls its founders, is the sum of all heresies that have been before it and that have been after it and that could still be born after it to slaughter souls. This was by uh, St. Pope Pius X. 
The fourth one is the greatest obstacle in the apostolate of the church is the timidity or rather the cowardice of the faithful. This is also St. Pope Pius X. The, the fifth quote is, All the strength of Satan's reign is due to the easygoing weakness, weakness of Catholics. This is also by Pope uh, St. Pope Pius X. Now, I know that there's probably going to be some Vatican II people out there. When he's saying Catholics, he's saying pre-Vatican II Catholics. Uh, you guys can consider yourself Catholic all you want to, um, but you're doing it out of ignorance. Um, if you bothered to, to check the differences between Vatican II and pre-Vatican II Catholicism, you would know right away that there's massive differences and there aren't supposed to be. It's supposed to be the same. The fifth is all the evils of the world are due to lukewarm Catholic Catholics. This is by St. Pope Pius V. And then the last and final um, quote is, the primary duty of charity does not lie in the toleration of false ideas. This was also by St. Pope Pius X. Now, some of you are saying, probably asking yourselves, and I, I kind of apologize if you're not familiar with Catholicism, but this is mainly directed at uh, set of contest Catholics. Um, you know, well, what does all this mean? And that's the purpose for this podcast. Now, I want to give a brief, or as brief as I can make it, um, commentary before I start into my own commentary. That is that um, I have been told I have been told that some of my podcasts seem pedantic that um, and for those of you who don't know what pedantic means it just basically means I sound like a boring old college professor for those of you who uh, remember Ferris Bueller, he's comparing me to Ferris Bueller's teacher or the person that said that is, you know, uh, I'm dry, I'm boring, I'm dull as dust. But there's a reason I do this. And that is that when you are doing a podcast and for those of you who are unaware, I've been consuming podcasts since 2017. Um, most people, I'm not saying all, most people lack critical thinking skills. In other words, they don't see beyond the, the, the deeper, they, they, they don't see beyond the surface. They only see the surface. And they don't, they don't go any farther than that. And so, you know, when somebody's told 30 days to stop the spread, 
They take it as word. Um, you know, most people who are not Catholic, and I'm talking about Sedvacantus Catholic, not the the uh, the Neo Catholics at the Vatican II sect. They consider the Vatican II Church the Catholic Church because these heretics have taken over the um the institutions of the true Catholic Church, and so they don't take it beyond beyond uh, the deeper meaning. You know, when they see the heretic in chief, uh, Mr. Bergoglio, spouting off at the mouth, they think he's an actual pope. You know, and this is not a criticism, by the way. I'm everything that I'm saying, I'm I'm attempting to be as charitable as I can be. I'm not criticizing people for thinking that way. That is how our society works nowadays. We take everything at surface level, the, the majority of us, and we don't go beyond the deeper meaning. So if I sound pedantic or dry as dust or too detailed, there's a reason for that. And that is, I want to make absolutely clear that what I'm saying is understood in its proper context. That is why in my show notes, I put the, the sources and the scriptural quotes that I, that I make in my podcast. Um, and, and there, there, there was a set of a contest, uh, there was a set of contest priest who gave a series of talks on the spiritual life for True Restoration Radio, which is a set of a contest podcast. And basically somebody I knew said, well, he thought he was pedantic. But I've been, I've been uh, kind of, uh, in the set of accountism since 2018. And he is very careful. He's very careful when he gives his talks. Now I don't claim to know the man's mind. I, 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 I don't know personally why he does what he does or why he, he does things the way he did. Because I'm not God, I can't read the man's heart, and he didn't say explicitly why he does what he does. But having been in Sedvacantist circles since 2018, I think I understand why. Is because um, a lot of the Sedvacantists who are online, not all, but a lot of them, are very obnoxious. And so if they hear something remotely, remotely that doesn't, you know, sounds contradictory or problematic, you know, they're going to rain down fire upon the person that they're mad at. And um, by the way, I'm sure I'm going to be accused of this. Um, however, 
Um, whereas a lot of the set of contests that I bumped into um, online, they they tend to lack charity, to be quite blunt. They lack charity. They lack the spirit of God. Um what what i'm what i'm doing and what i've done you know cuz i've done three or four episodes on set of contism um i'm not i'm not taking people to task for personally in other words it's not a personal attack i am raising issues that they've said that you know, and it's been recorded. It's been on a podcast. It's easy to look up, and it's not a personal indictment as them as a person. It's a critique. It's not even necessarily a uh, criticism of what they said. It's a critique. Well, I guess the the both mean the same thing, but it's not a personal insult. I'm just I'm commenting on what it sounds like to me personally, how it sounded. Okay, so having said that, and we're almost twenty minutes into it, <laughs> but there's 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 a reason. There is a reason that I'm 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 doing this episode and there's going to be a couple more coming up but basically remember I told you there there was a major set of a contest podcaster you know there's like I said there's only two of them with over you know 2000 you know listeners and that's, that's, I'm not going off because they have a, both of these places have websites and then they've got multiple platforms that they, pl- pro- that they broadcast off of. I'm not going off of, uh, I, I'm not going off of their podcast numbers. Um, I'm going off of their, uh, I'm 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 going off of the platforms. And the two main platforms are Spotify and uh SoundCloud. And um they they have they're trust me when I say this, these these two podcasts are are huge in set of a contest circles. Now the reason I bring this up is and by the way just a word of advice if you're not a set you know if you're not a set of a contest um if you're if you're an atheist or you're not interested in religion um i i would just you know you probably stop before this point right now but if you haven't just just uh leave off this episode this is all inside baseball this is all inside baseball. This has nothing to do with anybody who's not either a set of a contest or a Vatican II sect member. 
Okay, so every every Catholic worth their salt um, should remember that back last, I think it was last July, basically the heretic in chief, Mr. Bergoglio, basically put the kibosh on the Vatican II sex version of the Latin Mass. And, of course, uh, every every um, neo-traditionalist, and I call them neo-traditionalists because they follow the Vatican II uh, rubrics for the traditional Latin Mass, which is, it's not valid. It's heretical. But they... They were just losing their minds, you know. And, oh, one other thing before I get into the, the meat and potatoes of what I'm talking about. There's a reason that the person I talked to called me pedantic. And that is, I use words very specifically. But if you talk to anybody... Who's who understands um who understands uh like uh commentary, they will tell you you have to be very precise in your terminology and you have to make sure that your audience understands that terminology. And you have to be reasonably familiar with what you're talking about. Okay, so I think that's why the, the person that I was talking to was saying I was pedantic because I'm, I try not, you know, because I'm human, I'm not always this way, but I try to be very precise in my terminology. So when I when I say Vatican II sect, I'm talking, or or if I say neo-Catholic, if I say neo-Catholic, um, basically, what I'm saying is the Vatican II sect is just basically Protestant with a Catholic facade, and the neo-Catholics are basically Protestants who think that they're Catholics. Okay? So, that, you know, I know that may sound like jargon. It isn't. It, it, I use these terms in, you know, in most everything that I do, I say these things for a precise purpose. And I try to make sure that I explain the purpose. Anyhow. So what I call the neo-traditionalists. And by the way. Um, when I say neo-traditionalists. Oh, I, I think I've already explained it. These are basically. Um, these are basically neo-Catholics who go to the Latin uh, Latin mass of the Vatican II sect and think that they're traditionalists. They're not. So having explained the background, 
Um, when, when the heretic in chief, Mr. Bergoglio gave, um, gave that, um, I'm not exactly sure, um, how he expressed it. If it was a bull or if it was a, uh, 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 encyclical. Cause I, quite frankly, you know, at this point, it's not worth following the Vatican II sect. It just isn't. If you, if you consider yourself a true Catholic, you know, you're better off not even paying attention. So I, I, I'm not sure how he, if it was a bull and encyclical or whatever, but basically he was giving the neo-traditionalists of his church a heads up. Hey, you know, you know that, that fake Latin mass you love so much. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to do without, I'm, I'm going to get rid of it. And of course they lost their minds. And I started noticing some set of Acantis commentators, major ones, saying, oh, this is good. This is good. They're going to become set of Acantis. They're going to have no choice. And at the time when they were saying this, I was thinking to myself, well, this is a bit premature. Because if they were really worried about the traditional Catholic Church, they wouldn't have stayed in the Vatican II sect. They would have become set of a contest. Vatican II has been around for almost, uh, over 60 years. There is no reason on God's green earth that, it, I mean, maybe at the beginning, maybe in the first, say, uh, 20 years, you know, if you were a traditional Catholic and you, you know, you 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 might have stayed in the Vatican II sect, but after you know after 1980, when it was quite clear that this church had no interest in upholding the traditional traditions of the true Catholic Church, there there's no reason, you know, if if you if you loved you know, the true Catholic church, why you would not become a set of a contest. Now I, I understand having been a part of the Vatican II sect for about 10 years myself, how some people, you know, it takes them a while, but we're, 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 we're talking, you know, okay. Since the eighties, we're, we're talking at least what, 40 years, over 40 years, you know, it, if you were tr truly and honestly respectful of Catholic tradition, you should be said of a contism by now, said of a contest by now. And as a matter of fact, I have dealt with semi-tradition. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm using his terms. I have dealt with neo-traditionalists on Twitter and on um, comment boards on YouTube. And as a matter of fact, I even dealt with these people in a previous episode. These people are some of the most self-righteous, ignorant, and pharisaical individuals I've ever dealt with. They are not interested in 
in the, the true Catholic church, what they want is, is they want everything to go their way. They want everything to go their way. Okay. And I'll, I'll get into why I said what I said in a minute here. So anyway, this was back in July. And then I'm noticing, I'm noticing like starting in December, the tone starts changing. The tone starts changing. And I'll give you an example. This podcaster in particular that I'm talking about, the Vatican II sect, they have a, a department that deals with um, divine worship. And basically, this Department of Divine Worship in late December put out a note saying um, basically that the, the conditions on which the Vatican II version of the Latin Mass could be said. And the long of the short of it is, is that, um, that basically... They're, they're basically trying to get rid of it. They're just, they're trying to discourage it as, as best as they can. Okay. Now this particular podcaster, and yes, I'm a little late to the game because last night I listened to the three particular broadcasts that he had, um, covered this particular this particular, um, I think it's called a mo moto proprio. Um, he, he covered, uh, one in mid December, one in late December, one in early January. And I listened to those three episodes. And basically, and this, this isn't the only set of a contest commentator that's done this. But this is this is what really lit a fire under my butt. Um, but basically, he was criticizing. It, it, it was a, all three of the the the, the podcasts were mixed bag because on one hand, he's basically. He's taking the to task of the apologists for the neo the neo traditionalists in the Vatican II Church. He's taking them to task, but at the same token, he's giving a pass to the to the neo traditionalists in the pews, and saying that. And he said this three times. This is why I'm doing this this episode. He said it. Three times, once in each, well, actually several times in each of the three episodes, he said, well, you know, the, the, the set of, a, or I'm sorry, the, 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 he calls them semi-trads. There's nothing semi-traditional about them. There's nothing semi-traditional about them. They are wedded to the Vatican II heresy. Therefore, they're not semi they are heretics, period. Okay? That's why I call them neotrads. 
They're fake traditionalists. Well, I'm going to get to that. And let me explain why, why I'm basically having a spasm here. He basically said, well, you know, the guys in the pews who are neo-traditional, are, uh, I'm sorry, he called them semi-traditionalists. They, they, they love the traditional Catholic church. They love the doctrine. And that's when um, my head exploded. Because it's, it's, you know, and by the way, I don't claim, I don't claim to be a saint. I don't claim to be a theologian. This is to me, to me, what they call common reasoning. If these people truly loved the traditional Catholic church, they wouldn't be part of the Vatican II sect. To me, that doesn't seem like a very hard idea to grasp and comprehend. If these people truly were about the true Catholic faith, they would have nothing to do with Vatican II. Otherwise, why would you have that set of accountism? Why would you have set of accountists? Okay? And having dealt with these guys... They're not interested. And by the way, when I say these guys, obviously I'm not high enough on the food chain to draw the attention of the apologist um, for uh, the neo-traditional um, Vatican II uh, apologists. I'm not high enough. I talk to the guys, the average neo-traditionalist in the pew. And these are the guys, and by the way, I'm not singling myself out. Other set of accountants have been used and abused by these guys and called nasty names. Okay? And, you know, basically, you know, like I said, they, they call us, you know, trailer park trash, trailer park popes, heretics, schismatics, you know, name, name. Your adjective, but they call us that. Okay. So as soon as I heard this, I'm like, how can you say this? Now I'm going, I'm also going to explain why I have, I have such a heated reaction to this. Like I said, I've been listening to podcasts since 2017. I started listening to Set of a Contest podcast in late 2020. Before then, I was on in contact with Sedvacantis on Twitter. And I've listened Sedvacantis podcasts since, I'll, I'll say the farthest back I've gone is 2012. And uh, these same commentators and, and some of the... Um, uh, said of a contest hierarchy have said from 2012 up until um, Mr. Bergoglio did what he did last summer was basically the same line I'm taking that the neo-traditionalists are, you know, that they're basically heretics and that the, you know, um, basically the... Uh, the neo-traditionalist um, sex 
you know, they're, they're heretical as well because they want to they wanna stay connected to Vatican II. Okay? And now this very same person is basically contradicting what he's been saying. Um, I think his, his podcasts were from like 2017. I've listened to the majority of his podcasts. He's basically contradicting because basically he's saying, well, these guys, you know, the guys in the peace, they love the traditional Catholic church. Well, that contradicts it. And he used, he used in his previous podcast, the same rationale that I'm using now. Okay. Which is, um, which is that, um, that if they if they were truly interested in, in in reconciling themselves with the true Catholic Church, they would be set of a contest. And just a quick brief statement: everything that I'm saying, everything that I'm saying, I'm not making this up off the top of my head. Um, you can go, and by the way, I'm not naming the people in question out of charity. And when I say charity, I mean it. I don't want these people to think that I'm singling them out or that I'm being overly critical. I'm not. And, you know, I don't, and by the way, given, you know, given the amount of people that do listen to this channel, I doubt very seriously that they become aware of it anyway. But, um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not mentioning any names out of charity, but if you listen to, you know, to the major set of contest, you know, podcast channels on YouTube and on Spotify and, um, and, and, um, SoundCloud, they're, they're full of criticism for the Vatican II sect and especially for um the neo-traditionalists so nothing i'm saying here is 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 false now i'm not i'm not going i cannot I said this earlier, I'm not going to try to ascribe motives because that's presumption. I'm not going to be presumptuous and prescribe motives. But what it sounds like to me, what it sounds like is that now that the Neotrads have basically had a bucket of cold water dumped over them, they're trying to soft pedal their previous message in order to get these guys to, to come to be set of a contest. And by the way, just so uh, I'm clear, there was a, there is a member of the set of a contest hierarchy who in a uh, interview on a podcast now, like I said, I'm not saying 
that he actually said this. I'm saying that it sounded like he was saying this. He was calling the the, the Vatican II um, neo-Catholics, actual Catholics. He was using the word Catholic. And it sounded like to me that he was calling these guys Catholics. They're not Catholic. They're no better than a Protestant. And that's what's being, that has been what's being preached up until last, I'll say last December. That's what's been being preached up until last December. Now all of a sudden, oh, well, you know, um, they, they love the tradition. No. And the reason I'm, I'm being very particular about this is this, this kind of thing where we're tolerant, you know, when we tolerate, um, heresies and people with mixed motives um when we tolerate this stuff then it, it's it, first of all it sends them the message that they don't need to repent they don't need to renounce their errors that they can come as they are and in my mind that's what got us vatican too and that's why i quote had the six quotes at the beginning of this podcast because what got what got the traditional Catholic Church of Vatican II was that the laity in the pews didn't speak up when they had uh, clergy or hierarchy with questionable views, and the hierarchy itself was allowing to allow um, questionable clergy and hierarchy to remain within the ranks. Because, you know, they, they wanted to be charitable. They thought it was, you know, hey, we're being charitable. We don't, you know, we want to set this guy out. That, that is the reason that I did those six. And like I said, these are pre-Vatican II popes. The set of a contest will know this. But this is why um, I, I think that this is a very questionable tactic. Because when this commentator on his podcast mentioned that basically uh, the Vatican II sect, the reason why they did their version of the, of, of the Latin Mass was basically to ease these people that were still hanging on to the true church, truth into accepting the new doctrine and the new uh, mass of Vatican II. They were trying to ease him into it. And he admitted that, no, basically Vatican II failed in that attempt because basically what happened was, was they, you know, they kept the mass and um, they kept the mass, but, you know, basically, and this is why I say that Vatican II is basically Protestantism, because part of the Protestant heresy is you pick and choose what you're going to believe and what you're going to follow. 
And that's basically because, you know, we're talking 60 years after, you know, the initial, um, uh, the initial, uh, I want to say conference, that's not right. Um, after the initial council, basically your average Norvis Ordo sect member is no better than a Protestant. And the neo-traditionalists are no different. Because they'll, you know, they, they basically, the way it looks to me from my perspective and how I've dealt with the neo-traditionalists, they're just in it for the, for, for, for the Latin mass. They don't actually care about the, the, the doctrine that got changed, the dogma that got changed pre-Vatican II. They don't care about that. Because, and you know, I, I've said this on previous episodes, anyone who's been paying attention knows these guys will twist themselves in knots defending Vatican II. Defending Vatican II, de, you know, recognizing these invalid popes since 1958. They'll twist, they'll defend the indefensible. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm not ascribing motives. I'm not ascribing motives. I don't know these guys personally. I'm not buddies with them. But the way it looks, and I'm just, I'm listening and I've been, you know, I just didn't tune in yesterday and oh my gosh, this is terrible. No, I've been listening to these guys for years. Well, not years, for the past three years. And I've listened, I've consumed a lot of their content. And the way it, it you know, because I've heard what they said before, before December. And I'm listening to what they're saying now. And there's only two conclusions I can draw. The first conclusion is they're being charitable. Or they think they're being charitable. But they're not being charitable. Because if they do not make these people renounce the, you know, their false ideas, then what you're doing is, is you're interjecting a bunch of heretics into your true Catholic church. Now, I do understand that, you know, that the Catholic church takes all people. Here's, here's my issue with that, though. My understanding of the Arian heresy, uh, the Arian heresy basically happened in the first century. Um, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but basically at the height of the Arian heresy, there was an estimation that 80 to 90% of the hierarchy, the clergy and the laity were Arian heretics. And there was, but a small rel remnant of true Catholics. Now, my understanding of this history is, is that when the true Catholics, you know, took care of business and, and got rid of the heresy, that the former Arians, and I'm talking about people in the pews, I'm not even talking about the clergy, 
they had to renounce Arianism before they can come back into the true Catholic Church. And as far as the clergy and the hierarchy goes, the hierarchy, no, they did not allow the hierarchy of the Arians into the true Catholic Church. They were done. Now, they were allowed to come back to the Catholic Church, but not in a position of authority. And as far as the clergy went, the clergy, some of them, like uh, a small amount, were admitted back in under certain circumstances. So basically what I'm saying is, this is not charity what we're doing. This is not, you know, this is not charity allowing a bunch of heretics to just, you know, waltz into our churches and not make them renounce their heresy. As a matter of fact, it's it's repeating the errors of Vatican II. You know, it's just from my from my perspective, from my understanding, and you know, I, I'm not claiming any any special privilege here. It just appears to me that by allowing these people in our church. that um that these people um letting them in our church that you know we don't know when the last days are going to come but if it's if it's going to be for a great amount of time we're probably going to have the same problems that we did you know um uh, that gave us Vatican II now the second the second thing that it looks like is happening or could be a reason just judging by what I've heard is they're thinking well oh this will this will this will grow our numbers this will grow our power and influence well to that I would answer Catholicism isn't a numbers game. It's not when you get caught up in numbers and you could do this in the secular realm too. Whenever you introduce a bunch of people who are not committed to your cause into your cause, it waters down your cause. Okay. So nothing I'm saying here is, is not true. Um, right now I'm reading a, uh, catechism printed in 1953. This was uh, seven years before Vatican II was called. And basically, in this, in this book, the, the, it was a bishop who wrote the book, and he's quoting statistics, the amount of Catholics worldwide. Well, numbers don't mean anything. Okay, because seven years later, we had Vatican II. And a great majority of the people that were in the traditional church went along with it. Not everybody, but a great majority. Otherwise, Vatican II would not be what it is today. Catholicism is not a numbers game. It's, a, uh, it, it's not a game at all. Actually, it's it's for the for the life and death of your soul. 
Okay. Um, it, it's, it's not about numbers. It's about belief, belief in practice. Now, obviously anybody who knows Catholic history knows that, you know, not everyone is a good Catholic. I'm not saying that that's not true. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is though, is that we've had 60 years of chaos and confusion and quite frankly, misrepresentation because these heretics have been masquerading as the true Catholic church, driving people away from the true Catholic church and misleading the ignorant into thinking that, oh yeah, we're the true Catholic church. So basically, what I'm saying is we have, we have to be very careful, and I'm including myself in this. We have to very be, be very careful of what we say to the general public. Okay? Um, we have to be very and we, we're also I want to, I want to say this toleration is what got us Vatican II. toleration is what got us into Vatican II. Do we, do we really want to repeat the same mistakes that got us Vatican II? especially now you talk to any set of a contest, I mean, any. And they'll tell you, oh, it's the end of days. You know, Jesus is coming back. You know, Jesus is coming back soon. Okay, so now, now we're going to, um, you know, and by the way, this is not new. I mean, I've been hearing about the three days of darkness since 2015. This is not new. So now we're going to all of a sudden say, hey, we're going to throw up on our doors and just allow a bunch of ignorant um, heretics in in them. And we're not going to correct their their uh, their their false their false ideas and their false uh, doctrines, because uh, either we want to be charitable or we just want to enlarge our roles. And like I said, this is not a personal indictment. This is just what it sounds like what these people are saying to me. And I claim no special privilege. So, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm just making it absolutely crystal clear. This is not a personal indictment. This is just me commenting on what it sounds like people are saying. So... Basically, I said the title of this podcast is um, Advice for Sedvacantis Commentators. My advice is this. Be precise in what you say. And, you know, if it means that you come off sounding like me, pedantic and, and, and too detailed, that's fine. And another thing too is 
Remember I said at the beginning of this this podcast that um basically um that basically um we have to be um that most people lack critical thinking skills. Mo if 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 anybody who listens to this knows what I'm talking about and knows who I'm talking about, I beg you, please tell these people that most people lack critical thinking skills, and I'm not excluding myself from that. So if you get into a long, drawn-out, legalistic explanation of a, a certain point of Catholic doctrine, most people are, you know, they're, they're probably going to tune you out. Okay? So just, you know, I, <laughs> I try to keep what I do simple or as simple as I can keep it. Unfortunately, we are talking about religious beliefs and sometimes it does get complicated, but I try to keep it as simple as I can. I would advise any Sedvacantis um, podcasters to do the same. Keep it simple, keep it understandable. And um, the, the, the third thing I would advise is don't, don't cut I mean, I just gave you six quotes of traditional popes who say, don't give the heretics anything. Do not give them anything. And, you know, anybody who's listened to my channel knows I'm saying the same thing today as I was saying back in November. Nothing's changed. All right, so <laughs> I thank you for listening. I thank you for your time because this ran a little longer. Well, actually, I thought it was going to run about this long, but I thank you for giving me your time. And I thank you for giving you, uh, I thank you for giving me the attention. I pray and I hope that this has been beneficial and a blessing for you. Um, I do care about you guys and I want to see as many people as possible get to heaven through God's grace. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you. Bye-bye. I want to apologize, guys. Um, there was one other area that I wanted to get to, and unfortunately, I did not realize it until after um, I ended the first part. This is the second part. Um, this is not going to take long at all. Um, this goes back to what I was talking about, set of contest commentators. And since a lot of set of accountists are former Vatican II members, Vatican II sect members um, themselves, they fall into the same traps that 
you know, the Vatican II uh, sect does. And what I'm talking about is, is the term liberal Catholic and conservative Catholic. Now, I've said this previously, but once again, I'm not going off the assumption that anyone who listens to this has heard that podcast. But I have said previously that I started on Twitter. I, I, I would say I got serious on Twitter around 2017 and I was subscribed to a lot of Catholics and I, it absolutely set my teeth on edge when people would use the term liberal Catholic and conservative Catholic. Now, once again, this, this goes back to people not having critical reasoning skills. Liberal and conservative, you don't, you don't need to be a, a political junkie to understand these are political terms. And one of the biggest, one of the biggest errors uh, of Vatican II was it, it politicized the church that for thousands of years had never involved itself into actual politics. It, it politicized, you know, oh, liberal, liberal Catholics and conservative Catholics. There is no liberal and conservative. There's only orthodox and unorthodox. Now, I notice especially some of the hierarchy who who do podcasts they get interviewed on podcasts they they use the term liberal and conservative there's no such thing you know a a catholic and i'm talking about a true catholic can be liberal in his politics but he he He's either a Catholic or he's not. He could be a liberal politically, but he cannot be a, you know, there's, he can only be a uh, Orthodox Catholic. A conservative can be conservative politically, but as far as his Catholicism goes, he's got to be Orthodox. And once again, going back to speaking clearly and concisely, when you use the term liberal and conservative, you are basically equating political expressions to religious belief. And those are incompatible. Not only are they not are not only are they incompatible, but you confuse people who lack critical thinking skills because in their minds, it, it just muddies the water because they hear the term liberal Catholic and they think, oh, well, this person, this person, he's liberal politically and he's he's on the liberal wing of the Catholic Church, but he's still a Catholic. No. Anybody who follows the Vatican II Church knows that what they call a liberal Catholic, these guys are some of the most heretical people you've ever come across and they're unorthodox and the people that they call conservative 
you know, to to a person lacking critical thinking skills, they think, oh, that guy's, you know, he's a conservative and he's he's cons- uh, conservative theologically. Well, first of all, if you're talking about the Catholic Two Church, or I'm sorry, the Vatican Two Church, you're talking about a person that <laughs> that um because they're in the Vatican II church they too are probably unorthodox in some of their beliefs so when when you use those political terms which are also vague and nebulous to the politically uninitiated um you're just mudding the waters and you're confusing them and it, I, I'm going to end on this note. There is no liberal. There is no conservative. There is only orthodox and unorthodox. And, and by the way, when you use the term liberal and conservative, you're basically giving a stamp of approval to this state of affairs and to this kind of uh, uh, ontology. You know, where you're basically saying liberal, you know, you're giving your stamp of approval. I, for one, no, I'm not going to give my stamp of approval. You're either orthodox or you're unorthodox. That's, that's it. That's it. All right. So this is going to be the, I promise you, this is going to be the end of this episode. Um, Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.